Welcome to Stuck in My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. It's your boy, W-I-Z-E-Wise, and today's episode is sponsored by the good folks at the Virtual Presenter Course. If you want to turn your video conferencing from mundane to amazing, you have to check out their course. They make it easy for you to learn how to use new technology to turn boring meetings from just talking heads with backgrounds into your own broadcast studio. There's no limit to the creative ways you will become more memorable, impactful, interesting, and present when in a meeting, and even more when you take the helm as a presenter. Stop putting everyone to sleep when you share your screen. Please click in the link in the descriptions to learn more. You will love what you see, and the link will get you 20% discount that will automatically be taken out in the shopping cart. This is your boy, Wise. Peace out. All right, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E, and I have a very special guest. He's, he's a comedian, but he has a unique, his act is very different. It's not, it's not your average comedy show. So welcome to the show, Michael Kent. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Well, I'm wise. Oh, Good man. to see you, man. Our pleasure's mine, man. I actually was on your Facebook page, and I saw your stupid news. And oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! It had me dying. It was it was so Thanks. funny. Uh, it, I, I you was know like, that's that stupid news thing that I do. It's part of a of a longer show, right? Like I do this forty five minute show, and <clears throat> the first few weeks that I did this this live stream talk show thing, I was doing real news. Like I was I was looking at the headlines, and I was doing like ten minutes. Sometimes there'd be jokes, but a lot of it, those early shows, I was just talking about the news. I just knew I wanted to talk about current events. And this was talking, this was like May and June. And this current events were so depressing. And I was like, you know, if people are tuning into my live stream, it's called joke story trick. Cause I tell a joke, I tell a story, I do a trick. They're not wanting CNN or, you know, like they don't want more news. So I decided I was going to take that whole segment and just make it into like a headlines type, you know, like a late show headlines type bit. And so we take five headlines every week that are just insane. We don't like the headlines are all real. And then we write jokes about them. So I have a, a an awesome team of I have a team of three or four writers that help me write every week. But uh, yeah, it's turned into a thing where, you know, it ends up being like a three minute segment that I can put out there for people who don't want to watch the whole 45 minute show. And I was I was wondering, I was like. Are, are these like real news stories? But it was just it was they are fun. they're real news stories. Like one of them was they're in Bulgaria. They are using hot dog trucks to deliver the first COVID vaccines. I don't know why. But that's what they're doing, and that's a that's a legit headline. So I think the joke there was like you know the problem is that the hot dog trucks come in packs of eight and the COVID vaccines come in packs of 10 or something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, and there was one where, you know, one of my writers is he lives in the Bronx and he, there's this, or not in the Bronx, uh, sorry, he lives in um, Brooklyn. And there was a story about the squirrel in Brooklyn that was attacking people. So we did a joke about that. That's yeah, a real, a real mm. story. No, no, I seen the, I seen the one in, uh, about the squirrel cause it was on the news up. Cause I, I watched this news from New York city and, yeah. and it was a neighborhood where, this one squirrel kept attacking the people, and and it was a vicious little squirrel. 
I was like, oh man. <laughs> I said, I, I, I tour wish. college campuses. I, I tour college campuses normally under normal, you know, non COVID times. And one of the jokes in the show is based on the fact that like almost every campus, every college campus has like aggressive squirrels because they get fed by people. They're not scared of people and they just hang out on top of the trash can waiting for your French fries. They don't, they don't care. And if it's not squirrels, it's geese. And if it's not geese, it's like rabbits. There's always some sort of population of aggressive animals on every college campus. And so I just input when I get there, I'm like, all right, what is it? Is it geese? Is it squirrels? (laughs) Is it rabbits? (laughs) Which one is it on this campus for the joke? No, but I do. My main thing is I do magic. That's, you know, I'm a comedian who does magic and I'm a magician who does comedy. So it's that's that's how it's different. And then that's that's what I was trying to I, I was I was I wanted you to explain what was the, the <laughs> uniqueness about your about your show? And yeah, you're, you're a comedian, but you also do magic. And I think yeah, that, that's I do, cool. I do a stand-up comedy magic show. It's it's like if a if a stand-up were to do magic is basically how I describe it because I'm not performing magic probably like you have seen or thought of. It's more like in the style of comedy. Well, yeah, I see, very yeah. laid back. I seen uh, like when you had the deck of cards. But you had Uno cards and then the Ace of Heart, I guess it was or something. Yeah, and yeah. So I guess that was part of the magic and the comedy was the Uno cards and the Ace of Ace of Hearts. Yeah, I I once so that for that that was like a um, you're describing a, a photo shoot that I did. Yeah, and I did a contest once where I asked people if they could identify because there's Uno cards, but there are also seven different types of cards in the fan that I'm holding. And so I did a contest where I could see if people could identify all the cards that I was holding. And to this day, nobody has identified all seven because one of them is a tricky one. It's actually in the cabinet right here behind me over the. Those cards are there. Yeah. I see the cards in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and to this day, nobody, and I, the pictures on the internet for people to see, you know, it's, um, it's first thing you see when you go to my website, but it's, it's no one can name all seven cards. What are these seven different different seven cards? Seven different like types of cards. Yeah. yeah. So there's like the ones that people see. You know, there's Uno. There's Cards Against Humanity. There is. I'm trying to think of. Oh, there's a Magic the Gathering card. Okay. You know, and but then there are some really obscure ones that no one would ever ever get. <laughs> yeah, I was on your page and I was looking at. It, I was like, do you do tricks with all the card different cards and just have? Or that was just for the photo shoot. Literally just, I I just wanted to hold a fan of cards, but I didn't want to just look like a magician. Okay. So that's, that's a unique problem that I have is how in a photo do I convey that I'm a magician, but not the type of magician that you're thinking of? Because if I just hold a deck of cards, you don't know that there's any sort of comedy edge to the show at all. Yeah. And if I hold a rubber chicken, it doesn't look like a show you would want to go to because you don't have any context about that. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to have like a little bit of a, a little bit of an irreverent spin on, on that. And you have to be able to do that with a photo. So people look and say, okay, well, that's what this guy is. That's what he does. Also, my moniker is comic magician, smart ass. So <laughs> that also tells people what, what, that's what, they're getting. what made you decide that you were going to do comedy and magic? What was it that drew you to combine these two? Well, you know, it's it's a weird enough thing to do either one of those things on their own, right? Like, you know, there's, I, I think people who decide that they're going to be a performer for a living have something already like broken in their brain. Um, and that's not to say that you can't be like a mentally healthy, well person and be a performer. 
But there's something that I think usually triggers that early in life. And for me, I think that like this was my way. Magic tricks were my way to associate with the kids around me growing up. And when I got to college, all of a sudden that was kind of cool. Like people were like digging the fact that like, oh, that's and they call me Magic Mike. This was before those movies ever came out. Right. I was Magic Mike first. And that's how people knew me. Like, you know, I would be on the floor of a house party doing card tricks on the floor. And so they'd be like, oh, Magic Mike's here or whatever. And so I was doing shows as a teenager trying to be what every magician my age tried to be, David Copperfield. Everyone was trying to be dramatic with their magic. It didn't work. Like people would didn't believe me, you know, when I would try to present drama, they, they didn't buy into it. So in college, I started, I've always loved comedy. I mean, ever since I was a, a little kid. In college, I tried to do, I started doing stand-up and started writing jokes and stuff. And I still, to this day, stand-up on its own is very, very difficult for me to do. I mean, it's just a very, it's a hard thing to do for anyone. But um, the combination of magic and stand-up, to me, it clicked. Uh, and not even saying like, I'm going to go on stage and do a magic trick and then do five minutes of just talking. It's more the style, the rhythms, the inspiration comes from comedy. And the way that I present the magic comes from comedy. But the what I'm doing on stage is magic, you know? So there are times when what I'm doing is looks to the audience like it's going to be a magic trick and it's not a magic trick. It ends up being a comedy bit disguised as a magic trick throughout. So there's no payoff at the end other than comedy, right? There's like, you know, for instance, there's a whole bit where is this clean language podcast? I can censor myself. No, you don't have to just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so there's a bit early in the show. It's real early in the show. Cause I, this bit sets up the show where I'm asking someone in the audience to think of a color. And as I'm telling them this, it becomes apparent I want them to think the color yellow. I say, like, now don't yellow to the color until I ask you to yellow to the color. I'm like, sorry, it's getting hot up here. I pull out a yellow handkerchief. I'm dabbing my forehead and all this stuff. And then I have it. The way that it works is they end up saying the wrong color. They end up saying, like, red or blue. And I've written a prediction down of what they're going to say. That's why I'm trying to get them to say yellow. Because I've written it down on this giant marker board that they don't see the back of, right? They haven't seen what I've written yet. And now they've screwed up the trick by saying blue. And all I do is I look at them. I walk over to them and I say, what's your name, Jim? You're a dick, Jim. And it's the first time in the show that they don't know if I'm breaking character or if that is my character or if this is what's going to be like for the next hour or what. But it's the first time in the show that they sit back and relax because it's the first time that we've broken the tension of uh-oh magic show. You know, it's the, fir <laughs> it's the first time that they can relax. And then when I turn the prediction around, it says Jim is a dick. That's the prediction. <laughs> so the whole thing is a ma is a joke. It's not. It doesn't have any magic in the actual routine presented, like you know, as if it's magic. So, yeah. So they they're, with, more they're expecting a magic trick, and you just come out with a joke. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're finding a way when you say magic, people have a set of things that they're already thinking of, right? Yeah. So yeah, I have to I have to deal with that. Like I have to either play into it or play off of it. That makes sense. That does make sense where I'm expecting magic and you just out of nowhere just pop out with a joke and, and you're not expecting yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you if you think, especially the way that I take the stage, the, the only thing that happens before that, what I call the dick trick, where I call the guy a dick, is I come out with like this handkerchief and there's music pumping and I'm like, and I look to them like every Las Vegas magician in their head that they've ever thought of, like the, the stereotype of magic. And then I produce a bird. But the bird's not real, and they don't know that. It's a piece of rubber. 
because uh, the next thing I do is I shove it in my mouth. I can see people sit back in their chairs when I do that because they relax because they're like, oh, he's a magician. He's going to try to trick me. I don't want him to trick me, you know, and like and and they're trying to catch me. Right. Like, because that's what people think magic is, is like, oh, he's going to try to trick me. I'm going to try to catch him. And it's just like you versus me thing. But as soon as I do that, they sit back and then they start actually enjoying the, the performance as if they're like watching a movie or something instead of it's like a game. You know, I don't want it to be a game because uh, that's not fun for people. And I'm, I'm there to entertain them, not to not to make make them feel stupid. To me, I, I could just imagine like going to a show and just have that mentality that it's uh, one of those stereotypical guys who's folding up balloons and and, and right, right. pulling out rabbits and all that. And then you just come out, Jim, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, it lets them know immediately. And you know, there's a whole that that sets up so much in the show, because later in the show, I give him a balloon where I apologize for calling him a dick. <laughs> and then the balloon says, I'm sorry, I called you a dick. And then I give him the balloon and then the balloon pops when he's holding it. There's like, you know, it's, it's a running gag. He, he yeah. I set up a character, you know, basically yeah. I'm creating him to be in the show and i always got to use a guy right because i'm not going to call i'm not going to call a female a dick in the beginning yeah. of the show and then make it make the whole audience hate me <laughs> yeah, you, you can you can get away with it with a guy take too kindly to you calling a lady a, a dick yeah i mean it depends on the lady but you know there are five or six different people that come on stage during the show and all of those people have a specific archetype that i, I that i choose from you know like this person I, you know, for this trick, I want to pick someone who is like shy. And for this pick, for this trick, I want to pick someone who's boisterous. For this one, I always want to pick a female. For this one, I always want to pick like a male. Some some tricks, it doesn't matter. You know, like, but that's all based on stereotypes. Um, and, and it's a total guessing game because what I'm looking for are not a male or a female. None of that matters for the magic. What matters is the personality type. And I'm just playing the law of averages, you know. Like, I know that if I see a guy and you know, you can tell in a college, at least sometimes you'll get like eight or 10 people from a sports team sitting together, right? Like there's the baseball team. I'm every time, every show I'm going to use one of those people because if someone comes in with a big group of people that you can tell that they're close with, it's going to go well. Every time they put that person on stage, it's always going to work because they've instantly got a fan club rooting for them. And that gets the rest of the audience involved. You know, there are, there are rules that I try to use um, and I also try to be very diverse in who I bring on stage. I don't want the people that I bring on stage all look the same or act the same. Okay, so with, with especially now with um, with COVID and everything, what are you doing to to do shows? Are you zooming? I, I haven't been on stage since February twenty first of last year, so wow. it's been eleven months since I've been on stage. But uh, so March twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth of last year, I lost. All my shows. I had a full calendar booked for the whole year. And every other magician, I'm not unique in this. Every other live entertainer had this issue as well, where all the shows just instantly got canceled. And so here I am, like, thinking 2020 was going to be a good year for me in terms of, like, business. I was set to have a really good year. And I had done a new marketing campaign. Like, I I was excited for the year. And then in three days, I lost all my income. And at the end of that week, I got a call from someone who said, would you do a virtual magic show for our college? Would that, is that a thing that it can even be done? And I had never heard of anyone doing anything like that. She was like, yeah, we have a college-wide Zoom account, and I think that it could work. 
And so 11 days after that first cancellation, so this was March 21st, I think, I did my first online virtual magic show. And I've done a few hundred of them by now. Uh, I do a few every week where I I built this studio to be able to to present magic to a camera. And I learned real quick what works and what doesn't work and just had to start writing. I've learned more in the last year than I've ever learned, gosh, in my life probably. You know, like new magic, software, uh, audio. I've had to I've had to learn all this stuff from scratch. And, you know, now I've got a, a virtual magic show that works really well if you're watching it online on Zoom. But very little of this stuff is anything I could ever do on stage or, or even in person. You know, yeah. it's definitely made for this format and corporate groups, colleges. Uh, I've, d- I've done family reunions. <laughs> I did, I, I've done up to I think I did six shows in one day. It, it's stuff that I've never I would never be able to do. And everyone's just looking for connection. Right. Like everyone's trying to find new ways to get together. And it's it's working really well. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised at how much it has taken off. And it's it's nice now because I also don't have to travel. Yeah, you get to spend more time home. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a different world now. With I didn't I started like I had purchased my equipment in 2019 in March of 2019. Okay, and I had it laying around the house. I didn't use it. So when the pandemic hit in in, in 2020. In March, I was laid off. I was furloughed from my job. So I had been talking to my nephew. We had been bullshitting and stuff like that. And I just decided to hit record. We started recording a, a episode. And from there, it just took off. I just started adding, like, the first episode was, like, five minutes. The second episode was seven minutes. Third episode went up to, like, 12 minutes. The fourth one was, so by the fifth, sixth, seventh episode, I was like, Yo, I need to get an intro. I had yeah. I had friends sending me messages like, "Oh, you need to do this, you need to do that." So I started listening, and I started I got an intro, outro, and my podcast just started growing and, and growing, and I started getting more guests and started getting and I and I hooked up with uh, Steve, and it just started my numbers just started climbing and climbing, and I'm like, "Oh man!" I, they said the um, average podcast the last between seven to ten episodes. Some people say twenty episodes. So I was determined to not be not to make it past that. Make, make it past that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just started churning them out, and my numbers just started going and going, jumping and jumping, and and next That's thing you awesome. know, I'm at. I just released episode number seventy two. That's amazing. As of the end and of you know, like April, yeah, it's crazy. People who people who get it are becoming like very busy individuals during the pandemic. You know, like not saying I'm not trying to shame anyone who didn't turn to some sort of other thing other than their main line of work or whatever. But like really successful individuals at this time are capitalizing on the fact that like, you got to do something else. You got, you can't just, you can't just stay stagnant, man. You got to, yeah. Like I grow. And and, uh, you know, like I said, I I hate to feel like I don't like saying you gotta, because like some people, it's just not, that's just not them. But for me, like I just started hustling as soon as, as soon as this, and not only did I start doing the private, like virtual magic shows, but I was getting upset because people would ask me, where can we see your show? Like when, when are you going live on Facebook to do a magic show? But I couldn't just go live on Facebook and do the same thing that I'm charging some groups for to do privately, you know, and give away for free what I'm charging this other group. So I created joke story trick for 
that reason. So I could have something weekly to do for free for people and live stream it. And that has grown, you know, uh, you're coming on the show coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm always excited about stories. I like bringing people on and I want to hear their stories. So instead of me telling a story every week, I want to hear like the type of story that someone would tell at a party to their friends. Like you'll never believe what happened, you know, that type of story. And on top of that, I, I guess I wasn't busy enough. So I started a podcast too. Uh, so my, my podcast is called tell me what to Google. And it's literally just people every week. Uh, they, they call into the show. I take one caller and they tell me what to Google something they've recently learned, like from the internet. It's usually some sort of weird trivia. Yeah. And I do a 20 minute episode fully produced with background music and sounds and everything on whatever weird, ep- like last week I did the story on the new year's Eve ball drop, you know, like, and where the, where the history of that came from, why they started doing it. And every week's different. I'm only I'm I'm only on episode I'm writing episode 19 right now. So I'm pretty early into it. I do one every Monday. How many shows are you doing a week then, Wise? Uh I've been I've been slacking after like at July. I really didn't start doing anything really seriously until July. And then I started mm-hmm. churning them out like 2-3 episodes a week. And and I was and I was doing it for like 2-3 months straight straight where I was just releasing Two three episodes a week. Two three episodes. Two three episodes. And yeah, next thing I knew, I, I'm like 50, 60. But I had already. I had set a goal at the end of July. My goal was all right. Uh, my goal is to get fifteen hundred downloads and or twelve hundred downloads or something like that, and seventy episodes. Beginning of August, I had a I had a, a real good month, and September I had a real good month. That by before the end of September, I had already reached my goal of downloads. That's great. So my nephew was like, man, I told you. He says, and he and he said, yo, I'm telling you this right now. Even before, he's like, when when I had set my original goal, my nephew was like, you're going to do more than 1,200. He says, you're going to do like 25, 26. I was like, all right, whatever. By the time uh, the 31st rolled around, I was at 71 episodes, and I was at... 26 26 and a half, 26 about 2650 in downloads wow so when when he when he heard my numbers he said i told you when i heard you he says when we first started recording he said i, I heard it in your voice that you really enjoyed doing this this is something you really have a good time doing you don't you do it because you love it and you're having a good time and you're meeting some great people and you're having some great conversation he says people enjoy that you have a you have like you have a radio voice i'm like so it, it was. It works out. It worked out, and I'm just having a great time now. It's awesome to hear, man. I've heard so many success stories like that since since the pandemic, and it's great to hear because there are so many people struggling so much right now. That you know, when you hear those few stories where someone's like, oh, "I found something, I found something I love doing," you would have maybe never found that. You know, even though you had the gear, that stuff may have stayed in the box. Yeah, if you were still working your other job and everything. So. You know, uh, it's, it's cool to hear for me. People are always at like, you know, what's the next step? What are you going to do next? I, got, I have no idea. I told my buddy today, he's like, what have you been working on? I'm like, you know, I produce my two shows a week and I'm doing these private virtual shows. But other than that, I'm, I'm trying to have like no expectations right now. So and just trying to take each day as it comes and, and what comes with it. So with me, me and my nephew, like, we just be communicating every day and just be building in. So when, once like I started the podcast and I started getting more comfortable doing editing and doing all that, 
I was like, you know what? I want a radio station. So we decided. I decided, and me and my nephew spoke. I was like, yo, I, I want to do a radio station. He was like, okay, let's do it. We started developing it. We started doing our uh, due diligence and finding out where we can get our own internet radio station and what we uh what what was what was needed. And um, we since like the end of June, we was like, all right, we started all our, we started the process and started um getting everything together, um, building the app and everything. And at the end of uh. December, the app was was ready. We was going to just do a launch with uh, the links that we had, and we was just going to play radio because the ultimate goal is to transition to talk radio and do uh, comedy shows and do uh, some live music some once in a while. So right now we're just playing commercial music. I want to. I'm like people can get music anywhere. I want to create original content. I want to have a show where comedians can come do 25 minutes. Or whatever, whatever the sets they want to do, or uh, somewhere where a band can come in and play some new music that they they want to put out there, and so there's so many different. So we started a production company. We started so many. We just like we're not just gonna stop. We just we found something in it in a dark time that gave us a light. We're gonna keep following this. This is something positive, and we're in a in some dark times, but we can't let that beat us down. We can't let us. Let that stop us from trying to advance and do better things for our lives. There's a uh, there's a sign that hangs in my office that says "No mud, no lotus," and it's it's a reference to the Buddha when the Buddha the story of of Buddha sat sat under a tree and meditated and and was in the darkest of dark times in his life. Just didn't know what his life was going to be. He had been traveling. He had everything that he thought he wanted. If he wanted it, he had a harem of women. He had, his parents were rich. He lived inside this palace and he left all of that because he saw these visions of like, well, that person still got sick and was miserable and this person died and this per, you know, like he was, he's seeing all these people that's still suffering. So he went to figure that out. And the story goes that, you know, the lotus blossom doesn't need this beautiful garden of fertile ground. It can, it blooms straight out of the mud and that has become the metaphor for like, you know, beauty rising out of these dark times. And I always try to think of that like, you know, even for, for me, I don't know what it is, but I have my best shows in front of like live audiences. I have my best shows when I'm having just shit days. I don't know why that is, but it might be because of like we set our expectations at a certain spot. Right. So like. I always like that saying, no mud, no lotus. You know, if you don't have the dark times, you don't have the ability to uh, to rise up with brightness and, and discovery like we love. You're like, you know, th- this is now uh, I'm, I'm able to say that I think my career is saved because we've I found the ability to do this, the, you know, production and everything like that. But <laughs> those three days when I first lost all those shows sure was dark. You know, just like I'm sure it was for you when you got furloughed, you know, and, and thousands and thousands of people out there who, who are in the same boat. You know, it's it's been a rough go, man. We're I can't wait for every, all this to be done. Can you imagine what the party's going to be like? Like this country's just going to wake up and explode, man. It's going to be amazing. Oh, man, it's I'm looking forward to so many different things, like with the launch of the podcast. And I want to be able to go to these com- to conventions and meet with people and actually and I've met some great podcasters virtually, but I'm looking forward to actually going to these conventions and doing live shows from the conventions with some of these podcasters. Like 
right then there and 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 being able to just really chop it up and have a great conversation. Yeah, I I haven't done much of of that at all. Like there there are a couple of guys I've had on my show that that are podcasters. I don't know many podcasters. I don't I've not really met with any or conversed with any and I'm I'm really kind of excited uh that I have 3 or 4 weeks worth of podcasters booked on my show uh coming up in I believe like February, March time time frame. Uh, to talk with them about what they do and what their shows are about, you know, and I, if if you were to say in like an elevator pitch of what, like to someone who doesn't know what your show is about, what do you tell them? Oh. Do you have like a one? Cause I know like it's different because you bring different guests on all the time. Does yeah. that make it tough? You know what? I just, for the most part, cause I'm going, I'm going, I'm going back to what was really going to be my format, which was just having regular people on who, who are, who are doing some some amazing things? Who are doing some inspirational things? Who are, who are out there not accepting what's going on in their lives? Actually, really focusing and 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 really manifestation what they manifesting what they truly want in their lives. Because like I've been always been into self development, but I just wasn't applying what I was learning. It was just me just yeah. reading books and reading books and just not applying what I. Was, and when I got furloughed and I just decided that, you know what, let me just stop being afraid of, um, I was like, I have this equipment. I would mess around with it once in a while. And me and a friend was supposed to do a sports podcast because I, I love sports. I'm a big sports fan. It just never worked out. And then me just standing there and me listening to myself, I was like, ah, I sound, ter- I sound terrible. I, I hate the way I sound. I can't believe I, I haven't even thinking about doing this. This sucks. I suck. Duh, duh, duh. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's real easy to, you know, I, I think you've probably realized this, like you're your own worst critic and it's not a very accurate criticism. Usually <laughs> like there's no way you can listen to yourself and know if what you're doing, it, it, there's no way to see it accurately. I think, I mean, you can watch video, you can go back and listen and say, Oh, I wish this was better. And I wish that was better. But usually if I have a feeling about some of the work that I'm doing, I get, I don't like listen to it right away. I give it a little bit, you know, like maybe I'll write a new bit and I'll do it in the show and I don't feel it that first night and I'll do it the next night and I still don't feel it that next night. It's not until I've tried it and it's failed a lot that I really am going to start thinking, well, maybe it's not me just thinking this is weird. Maybe it's actually not, you know, maybe this isn't any good or, you know, I think it's good to have a good, healthy group of people to bounce ideas off of and to, to say, hey, tell me what you think of this. Tell me how it could be better. Oh, I, I heard a phrase recently getting critiqued from friends. The question that you ask them is, tell me what bothered you about this. I like that a lot. You know, like if I can send someone my podcast and say, here's my podcast. Tell me what bothered you about it after you listen to it. I like that because then it's going straight to like, you know, if I'm thinking like if I'm getting their attention with with negative things and it's on like a timeline, just the things that peak the scale, just those yeah. top little peaks are maybe the things that they're going to think of and be like, well, this was that and that was that. And you just know that those are the things that stuck in their mind. But so if those are the things that stuck in their minds, why would you want to like, I don't know, would you want to change that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To make those things better. So like, I know that, you know, maybe. Oh, you mean as far as that, what they didn't like? Yeah. Like, let's say I just did, you know, a 20 minute set. And in my head, I didn't think this thing went well. Well, I won't tell them that like, oh, I messed up that one bit. I want to say what bothered you because what they're going to say might be completely different than what I think I didn't like, you know, it's just a more accurate lens to, 
to judge yourself. I think, like I said, we're all our own worst critics. And usually, you know, the, the only way you get better is by doing it, I think. So yeah. And, and your, I was your podcast. I'm sure it's better now than it was after, you know, after your first episode, like you were saying, it grows and it becomes, you add to it. Oh, you know, yeah, this is what, this is what I actually did. Um, I reintroduced my first episode. I, le- I left the original five minutes or whatever of the episode. And then as soon as it pl- ended, I played my, I, I said some words and, and played my intro music and did another 30 minutes of, of new content just so people can see the growth from that first five minutes to where we had been at that time when I re-released the episode. And it, it, I thought it was cool and I thought it was something different that nobody's really ever done it to expect, especially since my nephew was like oh we shouldn't record we shouldn't release these first we shouldn't release our first episodes i'm like why not he's like oh because we sound we probably suck and i'm like all right but at least he'll give us he'll give reference to where we started it's like you can look actually yeah. see this is how we sounded in the beginning look where we at now and and you'll see a you'll hear a completely different show and you'll hear a completely different us because now our our confidence is is way more higher than it was at the beginning. The very first show I did live for the Joke Story Trick. So Joke Story Trick was a, a, a video series that I had done before where they were just three-minute videos where it was literally just me telling a joke, me telling a quick story, and me doing a trick, and that's the end of the video. So I took that format and turned it into a 45-minute live stream. And the first one, it was a good show, but the audio was all screwed up, and I didn't know until afterward that there was a huge echo with all of the sound. And it was in the way that I had stuff set up and it, and I fixed it soon after, but I left that up because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, delete it. I'm not going to, and it gives people a frame of reference, right? If they go back, you could watch all of these shows and watch the show grow and build and progress so that there are people that come every week to watch the show. Now, if they go back and they watch the old show, they can see that there's been growth and progression. And, and I like that idea. Just like if you watch any of your, Go watch season one of any popular show. It's very different than the last season of that show. You can tell that like as they're writing, they haven't quite found their way for these characters yet. You know, like you go watch The Office or, or Parks and Rec. Both of those, the first season, you can tell they're finding their way. They're reaching out. They're, they're trying things that don't work. They're grabbing things that, you know, hanging on to things that do work and doing more of that. And I love that you can do that. I love that you can see the, the characters grow and the show grow along with it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I appreciate you being on the show. Let everybody know where they can find you at, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at michaelkentlive.com. All of my social is just my name. It's at Michael Kent. So hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, you name it. It's it's really easy to find me online. You just can just search for Michael Kent. All right, man. I appreciate you being on the show, Mike, man. It's. Uh, I'm looking forward to being on your show. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, man. I can't wait to uh, to have you on. We're gonna we're gonna have you on to tell a story. So you've got some time to figure out what story you're gonna tell. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. Like it has to be a funny story or doesn't. Nope, it could be anything you want. Uh, the funny stories are sometimes a little bit more uplifting. I've had people tell you know sad stories, scary stories, funny stories. You name it, man. I don't want to put any limitation on it, okay. other than. It's got to be like under 10 minutes. All right. That's the only thing. Okay. We can, we can find something fun in 10 minutes. Good. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Uh, 
But uh, you have a great night. I have actually another show that I have to go to right now. It's uh, me and my nephew's show that we start, we've been doing. So, yeah, I have to. I'm awesome, jumping, man. Well, yeah. I'll All right. Well, have a good one. Take care, man. You too, man. Bye. All right. That was Michael Kent. It was a uh, pleasure having him on. So now it's time for shout outs. Big shout out to my man, Steve Joyner, man. You definitely set up a good interview. Always hooking me up with some great people. I appreciate you, brother. Big shout out to the Real Wise family, uh, King Says, Poppy J, Brandy J. Big shout out to my man, Screaming Chewy. Big shout out to my girl, Chrissy Richards. Uh, Ciphered Knowledge with Chrissy. Check her out on YouTube. Big shout out to my wifey, Fina. I love you, baby. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. You know how I do it. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt. Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt. And a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.